Scotia podcast um, and listeners, just before we get going, as I'm sure you've all heard the uh, tragic and horrible news. Um, so we here at American Scotia podcast would just like to pay our condolences to Kobe Bryant's family. Um, obviously, Kobe and his daughter Gianna um, passed away in as I said, tragic circumstances, a helicopter crash on Sunday in California, um, along with seven others um, in the helicopter. Um, the NBA are going to honor Kobe uh, at the All-Star Game in Chicago at the United Center Sunday, the 16th of February. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's obviously a terrible story and our, our hearts go out to him. Um, I'm joined this evening by uh, Barack. And Chris, so um, if you guys wanted to say anything or echo those sentiments, and then we'll uh, we'll jump into the podcast here. Yeah, you you said it, mate. All right. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, I think you pretty well got it. I mean, it's a it's a terrible incident. I mean, but you know, I'm. I'm glad to see the response that uh, everybody's having, you know, the the respect everybody's showing, especially even rival teams, you know, like uh, Mark Cuban retired the number 24 from the Dallas Mavericks for forever. You know, I thought that was a, you know, I, I think everybody's acting, you know, pretty accordingly, which, uh, but I think everybody's uh, been a class act with it. You know, it's a, uh, with the exception of the internet, of course, you know the. Of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's a. I, I thought everybody's handled it really well. You know, it's a. I never realized I would see so many uh, sportscasters and analysts, you know, in tears all over the same subject. It's a. The first time they've all been able to, you know, come together on something. Yeah, and. It, it is a very somber tone for us to start the podcast, but it, it the, the man really transcended sport as a whole. You know, even Jurgen Klopp has spoke about him. I think Jurgen Klopp met him once. Um, you see, you know, Messi, Ronaldo, everybody has has met the man. And um, yeah, just the, the world's a, a, a smaller place without somebody like Kobe Bryant. So, um, yeah. It's a terrible thing. So the the least we can do is pay our respects to to such a such a great person. Um, but um, without further to do, uh, let's uh, further ado. We'll jump into the West Ham game, lads. And um, of course, it was two nil, and that means we're nineteen teams in, nineteen teams beaten, nineteen points clear at the top. Um, how how did you come away feeling about that victory? Uh, let's start with you, Barack. Ah, uh, uh, well, I mean, I think you uh, you read my column. It was uh, and and uh, you know, uh, interestingly, it's it seems to be echoed everywhere too. It seems like um, this weird, very routine performance from Liverpool, which at the same time was very dominant and I think that's that's just highlight how routinely dominant this particular version of Liverpool really is. And it, it is it is mind blowing in that sense. 
uh, there's just no way else to describe it. If uh, it, they don't, it's it doesn't matter who the opponent is or what they do. I mean, West Ham did an incredibly good job at nullifying uh, Robo and Trent. Uh, they they were essentially out in from as an attacking power. So fine, all right, we you're going to close this down. Then that opens up some other parts of the uh, some other parts, and and then we get our middle to be able to to break in and do do what needs to be done. So it, it's it's no matter what you do, it's like uh, that that story about the Dutch boy with his with his fingers in the in the dam, right? You know, you plug one hole, then two others open up. That's, that's got to be like how it feels to play Liverpool these days, right? Absolutely, yeah. Chris, how did you feel? The two 0 pretty pretty routine. I thought it was a really sound game. Uh, this is the top, This is the point in the season where stats, you know, form, you know, how everything looks goes completely out the window because right now we're in a run of teams that are all in relegation battle. And this is the scariest moment for a top four team because, you know, right now, you know, the only thing that that we're fighting for are records, really. And these other teams are, you know, fighting for their jobs. Yeah, you're so absolutely it's, right, it's, yeah. It's really rough right now. And, uh, you know, you could I could see it in West Ham because they got through a couple times where, I mean, Allison made a few amazing saves that, you know, that's a, you know, where he goes from world-class to otherworldly, you know, in just a moment. Absolutely. He was I, epic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, and I thought I thought it was a great game for Ox and Mo. I thought it was a great game for Mo to get back, you know, into, into a good rhythm because, you know, he's had a couple of the, the selfish highlight moments lately in the past few weeks. And I, I thought he played really great, especially with the assist to Ox. And then on the penalty – he could have taken that ball that Bobby sent to Divock. He could have. He could. He was on the way to it, and he let it go through. So I, I really think he, uh, he showed a lot of uh, patience and uh, and selflessness in this game. And he also tracked back more than I've seen him do in the past few weeks. So I think uh, you. you wait, 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 wait. I, I, I have to. I have to do this bond right. He's getting his mojo back. <laughs> Absolutely. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually want to say, if I can say something to, to what Chris just said, I can add something. You know, I was watching a couple of training videos of Allison because it's it's always, uh, I don't know why I keep getting surprised by this, but but then I went and watched those training videos just to, to reassure myself. He's gushed on quick. I mean, he's a massive you know, he's it's, it's a tall guy, has these huge arms and all that. But then you actually see just how darn quick he is. It's, it's just incredible to, to watch that. I, I, you know, and you see that in the game. His reflexes are insane. It's not just where he is and his ability to make all these stops generally look much easier than they are. But then when he has to pull off a, a, a save like that, and he's just so quick. It's almost unexpected. Catches you by surprise. I also want to say something else about the 19. I, I, there's a record that I think Liverpool can set that, that has never been set before. But, you know, I mean, heck, if we're talking records, let's, let's talk about a new one that I came up with, right? 
How about if the gap at the end of the season is bigger than the last team that did not get relegated from the Premier League? Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we just consistently are, are breaking records daily. You know, it, it's as if it was uh, that clip from Shaun of the Dead where they're outside throwing the vinyl records and they're just breaking them. We're, we're, we're just breaking records at a horrific pace. You know, we're, it's, it's one a day and I'm, I am guilty of indulging in a stat or two. And <laughs> just, just like Chris was saying, though, this time of year, stats and, and team form goes out the window. Um, I remember reading an article few years ago i can't really remember who it was by or where it was from but it stuck with me because football soccer um is the most sport where the underdog more often than not gets a result against a bigger team um statistically speaking it doesn't happen quite as much in any other sport it, it happens in in soccer all the time um where the minnows the smaller team gets a result, gets a draw, gets a win um, away from home or, you know, off, off, uh, out of form, should I say. But um, I just thought I should mention that because you're absolutely right, Chris. Um, you, with with everything going on in, in the league, those, those guys, those smaller teams are, are fighting for their jobs, fighting for their lives. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I, I was listening to... Um, the Redman TV, as I often do, and um, Chris Pajak with the Redman TV done the opposition review, which is where he he does a, a podcast with um, the member of the, the West Ham fan TV, and he asked him, "What's your strengths and what's your weaknesses?" <laughs> he said, "The West Ham fan says, uh, well, our weaknesses right now are football,' <laughs> <laughs> and our our only hope,' he said, was." Uh, Praying and praying for so much rain that the game gets called off. <laughs> but that absolutely had me in in hysterics, absolute stitches laughing. But uh, in a way, he, he he knows his team better than we do. He, they were right and they set up very defensively. Um, but it was nice to nice to get one over on Moyes, wasn't it, boys? <laughs> oh, did you intend did you intend to rhyme that <laughs> <laughs> just a wee gift of the gab there um but yeah i've got i've got um my own team ratings written down here um and basically everybody gets you know sevens um the people who do get eights are the people we spoke about allison hendo uh bobby and mo and and to be honest Ox is, is up there as well. You know, if we, we'll dish out a wee 7.5 for Ox. But the team across the board were, were stellar, you know, superb. Just didn't get out of second gear. Um, obviously, Trent had that uh, lovely pass to Virgil off the off his own post. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you've seen James Milner's tweet. Uh, oh, but I did. It, hilarious. <laughs> Bringing... Uh, Bringing a new term to the word cam. <laughs> if, well, if there's somebody out there not following James Milner right now, they need to get on Twitter and follow him. He is hilarious. And the same goes for, for Redman TV. They, they really oh, are yeah, absolutely. fantastic. Um, but yeah, they were, you know, Bobby was silky. 
Salah was smooth and slippery at the same time. He, you know, they were it, they were just um, a, a real solid performance there, lads. Um, do you give anybody a nine or a ten, Chris? Would you would you give a nine or a ten out? If I gave a nine or a ten out, it would be to Allison. Uh, I mean, because he has so little to do most of the time. It's I and mean, I, I played some goalkeeper and. Uh, you know, like it, those are the hardest times to really turn it on. You know, it's easy to make four great saves whenever you've had ten shots at you, but to make four great saves on four great shots, you know, that that's just amazing. You know, it's a, and the fact that he missed eight games this year and he's already now in the lead for the Golden Glove race. Ten games, I think he missed. Oh, 10 games. So, yeah, he's a uh, – oh, yeah, because he had the suspension as well. But, yeah, so, you're absolutely right. He, he's he's leading the, the Golden Glove already. So, I mean, he's uh, – I, I don't think I would give Mo anything higher than an 8. I, I thought this was the best game he's had in quite a while, like the from, from beginning to end. I mean, he was tracking back on defense from the first minute. And that that's something that, like – Mo will, if we're in a four-three-three, he will track back occasionally. You know, in the four-two-three-one, he's not coming back past the circle. But uh, in the four-three-three, you know, he'll track back on the wing some. But you know, I, I thought he did a great job of coming back and countering the the, uh, the approach they had with their wing backs, which uh, I thought really helped out on the uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, just to just to clarify, I, I look back on my notes. Uh, we covered um, last week how many times players went missing uh, through injury. Allison actually missed eleven games. Oh wow! <laughs> He's already at the top of the the charts. Um, but uh, Barack, would you give out a ten? No, no. I, in fact, I, I think my take on the game was a little bit different than yours. I, I actually don't think that that everybody performed particular. You know, everybody performed very well. I mean, I think Ginny was, you know, just had a game. You know, it's one of those you start with a six and you end with a six. Yeah. Uh, and I and I and I love Ginny, right? I mean, he's he's one of my favorites. But but you know, how can you not love anybody on this team? Um, uh, you know, so Origi wasn't, you know, he wasn't great. You know, sure he effectively assisted the penalty, right? You know, he did a really great job and at at milking that uh, that tackle for all it was worth. Either way, he was going to score that opportunity <laughs> as well, though, wasn't he? He was going to. Put yeah, that yeah, he was. He, oh, was. he yeah. was. He was. He was. But, but you know, I mean, I, I don't know that uh, that that means that I should give him a high rating for for his acting skills. I, you know, at the end of the day, um, that's that's. I, you know, I have a bit a bit of a different view in that respect. But if if you you know if you want to ask who I would give a nine to, that would be that would be Hendo, and he's really. I mean. What a captain, right? I mean, <laughs> what a player. It's, it's week on How week he, as well. Yeah, he has he has really clicked into all of the promise that he's had for a long time in this season. And he's just becoming, honestly, he's becoming so iconic now that he's going to end up being one of the great Liverpool captains of, of ever uh, when when his career is over. And that, that for me is something I just, I tune in for every game just to watch him play now. He's so good. 
Yeah, um, just a few little uh, stats on on Hendo at West Ham. He had 157 touches, 131 successful passes. Let just let that sink in. Yeah, that's 94% because he had uh, like 139 total passes. So 94% pass accuracy on that. And he was also 6 of 10 on long balls. Yeah, uh, he had um, three successful tackles, two successful interceptions, and he regained possession eight times. Eight times. Well, in all of your, in all of your stat sheets, tell me how many times he intimidated the opposition just by being next to them and snarling. Is that on the stat sheet somewhere? <laughs> the, the, the psychological impact of having him right now, he's a monster. He fills a space on the pitch that is 10 times his actual size. And yeah. that, that is what makes him so um, uh, valuable and so important for this team right now. Um, otherwise, I do think, I mean, you know, no Hendo, suddenly this game... Maybe the one because you saw that the players were a little careless, right? I mean, it's something Klopp talked about. It's hard to keep this intensity when you are sitting on such a huge gap at the top of the league, and it's you know at this point clearly a coronation. It's not like anybody's going to catch up, and and so, but you don't have you don't have somebody like that in there, and suddenly those little careless mistakes. Maybe there's a couple more. Maybe maybe then you know West Ham gets to 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 get to get something past, uh, past us and, you know, and suddenly it becomes one of those games where you're dominating but losing 1-0, which, which happens a lot at this stage of the season, right? But no, yeah. and I, I put it down to Hendo. Uh, it happened presence, a lot last year. Yeah. His presence in this moment, in the way that he is playing right now, um, is, is the thing, I think, is the, the, that thing that keeps the magic going. Yeah, absolutely. Um... And you touched on something that I, I wanted to to look at ourselves here, which is with with this current form we're in, this unbeatable run, which is now 41 games. It's the best start to league football in European history. <laughs> you know, it, like I said, we're just breaking records daily. Um, so with that being said, and this consistency, um, how hard of a job is it to keep the team grounded? Um, you know, obviously they're a great bunch of lads. That goes without saying. Um, you're mentioning Barack take Hendo out of the equation. I would suggest that there are. It's it's not just the captain's effort. It's all the people behind the scene. But my question to you is, how hard must it be for Klopp, or is it just one of those things where it it's not a thing? where you don't have to keep drilling these players on keeping level-headed? Do you think they're just level-headed as is? Well, I mean, they're, first of all, they're a strong unit, right? And they're all, they're all incredible at what they do, but there is an advantage to having a team that plays together for two, three years rather than, than constantly having a, a you know, activity in the transfer market. I mean, this is something that Klopp does really well. Absolutely. But, but, you know, there's a, the, the thing about this kind of, of continued performance that it ends up being, having a, you know, kind of a positive feedback loop, right? I mean, it's not just on the players. It's not just on Liverpool. It's also on the opposition. And if you're going to play Liverpool now, you're walking into that game, and I don't care what your name is. 
you you can be you can be West Ham, you can be you know Southampton, you can be Barcelona. It doesn't matter. I mean, you could see them shaking in their boots last year when they came to to Anfield. But you're going to play Liverpool now. Honestly, you're expecting to lose. Somewhere in the back of your mind, psychologically, you've written the game off before your your feet even get on that pitch. And that that is a a sort of X factor that Liverpool is extremely good at exploiting. Um, and uh, that is that's really what makes for for a team like this and being able to continually do this. And you know, if I if I I don't know if I'm the probably not the first one to come up with that, but you know, you had Arsenal's Invincibles. And Liverpool, you know, our, we, we fans are constantly being called the unbearables. So clearly Liverpool should be the unbeatables, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Chris, do you think it's a, a, a difficult job keeping these guys' feet on the ground? Or do you think it's just something that's, like Barack has said, it's been grown into them over the space of the past few years, gelling the team together in such the way that Klopp and the backroom staff have done? I think as a manager, that's the absolute hardest thing any manager ever comes across is, you know, getting the team to buy in 100%, 100% of the time. Well, this team is full of captains. You it know, really like, is. Like okay. a lot of them captain their international teams. Most of most of our starting 11 amongst some of the guys on the bench would captain other Premier League teams if they played on them. Yep. You know, so this team is full of leaders that will also follow. Like they've all bought into the system. You know, they are buying into Klopp's mentality of just this game. Next game is the most important. Nothing else matters. You know, they're not looking ahead to the you know the next match or you know this that and the third. They and you can tell they solely focus. I mean, are they having great games every week? No, absolutely not. You know, and I agree with Barack on, you know, I didn't think everybody had a stellar game. I thought it was a pretty bang average for the most part. Very much so. Great moments. Yep. And you know, and, and and that's what it's about is not letting your your average and bad moments beat you, but being able to take advantage of those great moments. And I think this team do a great job. I've I was talking to a friend of mine, and. Uh, you know, he was talking about a lot of our missed opportunities this season on a lot of goals that they could have scored. And my response was just simply that this football club, they don't score every goal they can. They score every goal they have to. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what matters. That's a great way to put it. I, so, you just you just give me yeah. goosebumps, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, same here. That, that's a great one. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so... Uh, a quick mention has to go to uh, Fab, Nab, and Curtis Jones, who came off the subs bench. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's great to see Curtis Jones get some more time. Uh, it's great to see Fabinho back. And Nabi, I mean, it, it's, it's good to see him on the pitch again, too, because it just goes to show we've got so many more options in midfield. Um, but I wanted to talk... A little bit I mean, about... no, you, you don't want to jump through that. I, I mean, let's 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 just stop for a moment and realize just how remarkable this is. Yeah. Right. You know, we've we're where we are right now. Liverpool, this Liverpool team is where it is right now, and it's finally getting back. You know, sixty percent of its midfields. Right. You know, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's just because 
it, it has to blow the blow your mind when you consider just the the the, the fact that with these injuries, with these people not being there, it still keeps rolling on. It's well, nuts. Let's put this into perspective. You know, last year. I think a lot of people felt that midfield was our weakest, you know, section of the team as far as depth. And right now, James Milner, who started most of last year, is injured. And they were able to slide Jordan Henderson into right back for the last part of the game. Yep. Because we have so many midfielders right now that they could sub on. Yeah. You know, we had a midfielder playing. We had Ox move up to the front when Divock came out. And then end up Jordan Henderson sliding into right back. So we really had five midfielders on the field at one point. So we have, to just to clarify, Fabinho's missed, uh, I think it's 13 full games through injury. Yeah. Nabi Kaida's missed 10. Um, Ox has missed four. Uh, Allison, as we said earlier on, has missed 11. Um, and there's others to go in that list as well. Virgil's missed a game. Milner's missed a couple. Salah's missed a couple. Uh, then you've got your players like uh, Lovren, Shakiri, um, even Joel Maddox missed 21 games. You know, it, and all these things go unnoticed. Uh, our rivals, Man City, and <laughs> the whole rest of the league seem to think that VAR is the reason why we're doing so good. That's absolute nonsense. Um, City, the City the fact is, one, though, when, when these Laporte. players go missing, Allison steps out, Adrian steps in, and it's yep. seamless. You know, I almost want to start a petition to get Adrian to start growing a beard and growing his hair so that he looks <laughs> like Allison because... It doesn't matter who we put in the lineup. They they know the team. They know the system. It's it's just another day at the office. I think and it's everybody, a big credit. Oh, go ahead, Brock. Everybody has the same mentality. That's the thing. You know, even Curtis Jones comes on, comes on the pitch, and you see him. You know, he's yeah, he's young, he's inexperienced, but you see him. He's he's just playing the same game as everybody else is. It's not a – even the fringe players, Lalana, when the last few times that he played, it's kind of sad that he's sick. But, you know, I, I, you know, it's not like he's behaving any different. You know what? Go back to the game against Rosbury, right? Yeah, okay, it ended in a, in a bad draw. But the first few minutes, go, go look at, at, uh, at uh, Minamino. His, his own response at himself. He's yeah. already acquiring that mentality. Look mm-hmm. at how upset he is with himself with just like even things that, that so many players would be like, yeah, whatever, okay, I tried, it didn't work out. But no, he's, he's been already in the process of demanding so much more of himself in a game that is for the protocol for the most part because Liverpool doesn't seem to care that much about the FA Cup, right? So there's something about the way the club is being run that, that really works with these players. It resonates with them and it, it shows. Yeah, it, it really does. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to talk about with uh, West Ham. Um, Moyes apparently wanted to keep the wanted to keep their corners away from Big Virgil's head. Obviously, you know that you don't need to be a, a, a top-notch manager to know that one. But um, so he's quoted as saying, "You know, we talked about." putting the ball near him and how much of a bad idea that was. And 
turns out for the for the second goal for Ox's goal, Verge was the one who headed it. It comes from their corner. Verge heads it out, uh, and Moyes continues. They they go out and they break, and and that was disappointing for us. But to be honest, you can put that ball anywhere in the box, and Verge is going to get to it. Like he ushered <laughs> he ushered Snodgrass from one side of the pitch to the complete other side of the pitch. Like he just shooed him out like he was, you know, a busboy at a restaurant. <laughs> it was brilliant. That's the biggest thing I miss about having Matip on the field because when when Joel Matip's on the pitch, he and Virgil, there's not a single corner or set piece or cross that goes by both of them. You know, you might get by one, but never both. Yeah, yeah. Um, but on the other flip side of that, Joe Gomez, and I got to shout out uh, my uh, my fellow Irish American scouser here, um, the other Chris, for his uh, his love of stats as well. He um, he put this little tweet up. It's not his tweet. He, he shared it. Um, so Liverpool have conceded eight goals in Joe Gomez's last thirty five games. Wow. How unbelievable is that? And uh, the next one he put out, he, he sent me today or yesterday, I think it was. If you were to split Liverpool, Liverpool's points tally this year into Liverpool home and Liverpool away, two separate teams, Liverpool home would be in fourth place in the league with 36 points. Liverpool <laughs> Yep. L- Liverpool away would be in joint fifth place with 34 points. <laughs> yeah. We could have two teams in European football. <laughs> and they'd both be better than Man United. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, of course, what makes it so, so good. <laughs> so, um, lads, we're, we're reaching uh, the halfway point here of our little pod, and um, I think we've we've covered West Ham pretty well. Uh, was there any parting thoughts you wanted to leave uh, on the old West Ham, the the final the final team to be beaten in the league this season? The first time we've done it in 125 years. The first time we've done it in top flight football. Any uh, any parting messages for Moyes and his boys? Well, I mean, I have to say it must have been a particularly special moment for them to realize that the the game they had to fill in, you know, on the, the missing match was against this Liverpool team. Yeah. you got to be sitting there saying to yourself, oh, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they put it off as long game as possible. In, but game, in, game in hand, game not in hand, the result's the same. <laughs> right. Delaying the inevitable, right, Chris? <laughs> yeah, it's more like a game in the pocket because we had it before it started. <laughs> but the the dream scenario for me would be uh, Moyes beating out beating Everton with West Ham to get that last playoff spot for the championship. <laughs> to get oh, that, that third spot. To, I don't think that man is capable of smiling, though. It, to see David Moyes smile is that uh, I, I can't remember. Maybe he has, he's never smiled before, but we'll we'll soon see, right? If I mean uh, Everton United and then West Ham, I think I wouldn't smile either. I I think I'd quit. I'd, oh, I'd, that's cruel. <laughs> God knows he's got the money. Glutton <laughs> um, for punishment. That's it. That's it right there. Uh, 
So I just wanted a quick uh, a quick little um, word about Barack's latest blog, Chris. I don't know if you had a chance to to read it, um, but you talk about you talk about a little game you used to play as a kid, Barack. Uh, what's yeah, it called? Stanga. Stanga, yeah. So uh, basically, talk us through what what goes on. So I, I mean, usually this is what we would play when it was just two of us doing one-on-one -on -one or four of us doing two-on-two. -two. And you play it on, it's, those are very popular in, in Israel, right? You know, you have a public basketball court, but it has two goals at, at each end. Um, they're, they're smaller than, of course, than a, than a full-size regulation goal, but, but they're, they're great, right? It's a great play, way to play, to play a little bit of football. And you just basically it's a one touch game, single touch game. So you get you get one touch and uh, you get points for scoring goals, but that's just one point. But if you hit a post, that's two points. If you hit the crossbar, it's three points. If you hit the the the, the junction of the crossbar and the post, that's five. Wow. Uh, if, right? You know, if you hit the post and it goes in, you get one two for the post and one for the goal. Nice. And if you actually man if you actually manage to score by nutmegging the other player or the the keeper on the other side, that's ten because it's <laughs> the other the, the maximum humiliation. But the the cool thing about it is the one touch aspect. So if you you know the, they they kick the ball at you, you catch it right. You can either respond by kicking it back one touch, or you can kind of catch it and start uh, uh, keep as long as you keep the ball in the air, you can touch it as many times as you want. And so you can, you can it, it really is focused on skill. And you play that thing enough, you end up discovering that you could do pretty remarkable things, such as, you know, aim shots at, at the corner, the top corner of the goal with, with incredible regularity. Uh, it's a lot of fun to play. I was reminded of it because in the game, I mean, you know, Trent's post and then Salah's post, and I think there was a crossbar hit somewhere there. And I'm like, you know, I, the game itself is sort of a little bit dull, but this was interesting. How many Stanga points did each team get? So what, <laughs> what was the final result in the Stanga points? I think I ended up with a 7-2, but, um, 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 but there you go. The, the two, of course, for West Ham ended up being the... Uh, 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 courtesy of Trent. Yeah, the Trent own Stanga. Uh -huh. Yeah, own post. <laughs> it, the reason why it resonated with me so much, uh, Chris, I don't know if it's resonating with you. We used to play a, a game similar, um, but very different in in Ireland and the UK as well. They play it a lot. It's basically just called headers and volleys. Um, so if just similar to Brack, if it's two on two or whatever, you know, it's you and your three mates, it's you can only score goals via a header or a volley. Um, uh, and the reason why it, it struck me as, you know, so crazy that two very similar uh, side shoots of a game could be played, you know, thousands of miles away, you in Israel and us in the UK and, and Ireland. Um, two very similar because the ball's got to be in the air. You've got to have a one-touch finish. Yep. Um, it, it just, it, uh, it brought me back to my childhood. So I thought it was worthwhile bringing it up in the podcast. Um, Chris, did you ever play any games like that when, when you were a kid or anything like that? Oh, absolutely. Um, Growing up, you know, we had a lot of games like that. Uh, it was mostly like a, 
we had one where we would play two on two in my backyard and you had to hit each fence post like whoever whichever team was able to hit each post and on that side of the yard would win and i think there was like eight posts in the width of my backyard so that was a uh, kind of how we would play because we didn't have enough for a keeper and then uh in high school we did a lot of uh one touch passing drills uh to you know just practicing getting the ball out quick we didn't have a lot of uh guys that were really talented on the ball so to rely on a lot of quick passing and we did a lot of uh like one touch passing drills so yeah i mean it, it definitely it definitely rang home i i'd never played stango before but uh it sounds pretty fun yeah i want to play it right now <laughs> it sounds great barack um, i'd love the to. last time you played <laughs> Oh man, a long well actually that was back when I was still in Israel, so more than twenty years ago. This particular well, I'm game. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to, to date you so badly, but uh let's arrange a game sometime. I I wanna play. <laughs> I I would love that. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, um let's uh let's take a little minute here to talk about uh our upcoming game. Southampton, of course, uh just around the corner. Um hopefully Danny Ings can uh, take a little leaf out of Connor Cody's book and, you know, when we go 2-1 up against Wolves, you've seen Connor Cody throwing a little wink to somebody. Maybe maybe he's still, well, he's he's a Scouse lad, born and bred, but uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully Danny Ings can, you know, do us a favour. But let's be honest here, we're, we're the best team possible, well, definitely in the world. Um, Southampton shouldn't stand a chance, should they, Barack? No. I mean, it's up to us. It's not up to them. If they get a result out of this, is because, you know, we screwed up, not because, you know, they did something. They're going to have to be remarkable regardless, no matter what happens, unless they want to get, you know, trashed. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, in this moment, really, you know, and I, I know I'm... I'm uh, <laughs> I've been a Liverpool fan for over four decades. I, how should, how dare I speak this way? But, but uh, this is you're entitled, right my now. friend. Keep going. This, <laughs> this is where we are right now, and yep. and and why why not revel in it? I won't stop you. Listen, I've I've had my inner monologue with myself with with with. Uh, we're gonna win the league. We're gonna win the league. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, and I I it's listen. I've I've had the inner monologue with myself. I've talked to myself. I've talked myself out of singing it. And then all week this week, I'm unbearable. I'm I'm unbearable even to myself because I'm whistling it. I'm <laughs> chanting it. I somebody stop me. I dare you. I literally <laughs> am singing this every day. It's ridiculous. Perfect. On the way to work, on the way back from work, I can't stop myself. It's under my breath all the time. Yep. And, and I totally get it. There's plenty of, of superstitious people out there. And, and people have said to me, well, you know, I'll get just as much enjoyment out of saying, we've won the fucking league. We've won the fucking <laughs> league. You know, when, whenever it does happen. Um, but my point is, is similar to yours. If you can't revel in these moments, if you can't enjoy and possibly get a little carried away, but the, the, this team is un, unbearable. It's not going to happen. It's sewn up. It's been sewn up since Christmas. We all just need to agree to disagree and start singing the song. 
you know, I don't even think as, you can agree to somebody... disagree. Everybody just needs to agree. <laughs> and yep. you, know, you know, I've I, I've noticed, you know, it's a, a my coworker who we share a work truck. I, I've been expl- He has never watched a minute of football in his life of you know European football in his entire life, and uh, so because I, I I like American football, but you know. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I don't care to talk about it right now. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, he's like, man, I, I see you guys unbearable. Because I, I just, like, shower him with Liverpool all day, constantly. Like, stats, stuff, showing him videos. And he was like, God, man, I see why people hate y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so here's the deal, right? I mean, I think all of us, at least I, I know for I can speak for myself, I've lived for every single effing year of Fergie's, you know, reign at United. Uh, you know, I've lived through Gillette and Hicks, but through my even darker times before then. And um, you know, this is this is like coming out of a of a of a deep deep pit. Um, yeah. And you know, and kind of feeling again like I I was fortunate to start. You know, because I you know when I date how when I became a fan, I basically placed it at age five because that's about how back how far back my memories go. Right. right? So. For all my life, I've been a Liverpool fan, but me being age five, that was Bob Paisley taking over the team. That was when Sir Kenny joined the club. Right. Here you go. I've dated myself. And so I had the incredible fortune of, of growing into my teenage years, teenage years, being a fan of that club. Knowing and the best, you know? The best and so much the best that literally nobody could touch them. And And... Uh, you know that feeling, getting that feeling back. That's that's not just nostalgia. It's just so exciting. Yeah. It's uh, it's bring, talk about bringing me back to my youth. I'll <laughs> tell you one. Th- I'll tell you one thing though. I mean, you know, this is a, a you know strange idea, right? You know, but uh, I, I would love. Not that I think this can happen. In my fantasy world in my head is like Liverpool last game of the season. You know, one day before signs Gerrard on a free transfer and let him play five minutes so he can get that medal. <laughs> well, you know what happened to the Champions League. Um, I think wasn't it uh, Milner came up to Hendo. Hendo tried giving the cup to somebody else, and Milner literally threatened to punch him if he didn't lift the the, the cup yeah, himself. Yeah. Um, so I dare say, even if the great number eight Stevie G came onto the pitch, he'd have a hard time getting that trophy out of Jordan Henderson's hands. It's not not the trophy, anymore. just the medal. A... Just the medal. <laughs> I want him to have it. It's definitely Jordan Henderson's team, that is for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, that that man has went from, in, in a matter of a year, has gone from people calling for him to be out of the lineup to, you know, being able to take a game by the scruff of the neck without scoring. You know, like, he, he will literally just take the entire game and control it from, you know, from that eight spot and it's it's really amazing to watch like and that's the thing that's the thing we're, we're comparing this jordan henderson um to people like steven gerrard and barack uh, just on a side note you brought up bob paisley did you guys see the um bob paisley emlyn hughes statue that was yes, unveiled today yeah. it was awesome, no, no. It is awesome. Yeah. that is that is what stuff that's what dreams are made of and you know who knows what statues will be made of this team? Maybe there'll be uh, Mo with his shirt off 
or <laughs> Allison running halfway up the pitch, or Bobby Firmino's kung fu kick, or the Adam Lalana breaking Jurgen Klopp's glasses. Who knows? You know. I think they should get like halfway between Anfield and Goodison, and put a statue of Klopp and Allison embracing after Divock's winner last year. <laughs> but. I, I I really think there could possibly be a corner taken quickly statue in the in the future. Oh, there you know, goes would, there goes the shivers down my spine again. <laughs> I, that's the one I think I would want to see most. Yeah, Trent that's, just taking that that corner. I agree with you. Unbelievable. Oh, or just the ball boy. Oh yeah. <laughs> that 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 kid deserves the statue, no doubt. Absolutely. Um, and they all do. Devok, they all do. It's unbelievable. But we're, we're sidetracked. We're, we are facing Southampton. Um, and we'll talk about Danny Ings for a wee bit here because he is Southampton's top scorer this season. Um, and he did score against us uh, in August. But um, he's having a really good season. And I... I heard a podcast with um, with Jamie Carragher, actually. Jamie Carragher's The great Greatest Game. Um, and he was talking to Danny Ings. And uh, or maybe it wasn't Jamie Carragher. Maybe it was, uh, it, it was some podcast anyway. But Danny Ings had an interview. And they talked about their absolute capitulation against uh, Leicester. 9-0, uh, wasn't it? Yes. And... Ever since then, they've been resurgent. You know, they, they took an absolute hammering. Um, their fans were leaving at halftime. Um, you know, the, after a 9-0, your manager is in serious trouble of getting sacked. But they've come on leaps and bounds. Um, and they sure paid back the favour, didn't they? Yeah, they really did. Uh, do you think Danny's going to get a cheeky little chance on goal against us? Uh, Chris? I don't think so. R right now, I think that Allison's playing too well, and I think that our back line's going to be better because I, I feel like Klopp's going to get them in the film room and going to shore up a lot of the mistakes they made last game. So uh, I, yeah. I, I think this is a bad time for Southampton to play us for them. Because right. it's coming off of a performance where we had lots of points of improvement, especially on the yeah. defensive side, and th that's always bad. Like you know, if if we would have just like you know hammered West Ham like five six nil something like that, then I would say yeah, I I, I would think Ings might get a goal passed because I think you know it's just human nature to get just slightly complacent when you don't have a lot to to really in your mind improve on for the next week. Correct. Yeah. And, I think West Ham was a great game to point out some of the, the spots to improve on. So, you know, I'm not going to lie. I miss last season when Ings couldn't play against us. Yeah. But, you know, in the end, I don't really think it's going to matter. I know West Ham can be dangerous. They can score a lot of weird goals, like improbable goals and stuff that, you know, that you wouldn't think of. And plus, Ings also draws defenders and... I can't, I can't remember who they were playing. It was a few weeks ago, but they got a pretty solid goal where on a uh, cross where Ings actually uh, took both the center backs with him and left uh, left a guy open for a free header. So, I mean, it's a, it's definitely so, something to watch out for there. 
Absolutely. Um, so Southampton this year have won 65% of their league points uh, away from home. Um, and in the history of, of the Premier League, only Crystal Palace in 1997-98 have got a higher uh, win percentage on the road over a full season. Obviously, the season's not done yet, but uh-huh. let me put it to you this way, Barack. Uh, only two players have scored home and away in the same Premier League season against Liverpool, having previously played for the for the for the Reds in the competition. Um, those are Dean Saunders in 92-93 and a certain John Joe Shelby in 2013 and 14. Oh, uh, so Danny has scored uh, against us already this season, like we were saying. Um, do you put his chances uh, any higher? Well, I certainly think he's a better player than John Joe Shelby. So... <laughs> If John Joe Shelby can do it, you know, I, I'll I'll be happy if Danny gets one and we get three, <laughs> you know. Well, that was a different John Joe Shelby and a way different Liverpool. So correct, it's... very very correct. But yeah, uh, Barack, you you give him any chance of getting a goal? He has a chance for sure. I mean, he has a. I would say, you know, he doesn't have any worse chance than than any any other. Uh, player that has visited Anfield this season. I, I mean, but I'm with Chris. I mean, you know, and I, I'll repeat what I said earlier. At the end of the day, it's kind of kind of up to Liverpool. It's kind of up to us. I mean, you know, we... I, I don't think that even a remarkable performance from, from the Saints uh, can get them any closer to improving on or even maintaining that away record this season uh, without Liverpool having an unexpected collapse in this particular game. And so, sure, is it possible? Yeah, I mean, we just saw the game against the Hammers, right? I mean, we've made a few careless mistakes. Ings doesn't need that much to uh, uh, to to be threatening, right? I mean, you know, you give him you give him like one of those balls, like like Ginny gave. You know, it's uh, um, uh, you know very very good chance that he uh, he takes it and does something useful with it for for them, but. You know, it is, it is Anfield, and 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 like Chris said, you know, we are coming off of a rather dull performance, um, or not a great one, and uh, you know, I think I think the lads are going to be going to be more focused, and the, the the fans behind them, and it's just it's it just doesn't seem likely. Why why now? Why in this moment? Right. I um. I think Southampton as a whole, um, they, they've had a, a troubling year. Obviously, we talked about the 9-0. That, that's got to be hard to come back from. But they've really just, I don't know how they've done it. They've become a, a fresh team. Um, but like you said, and I think, Barack, that, that quote's going to stay with me. It's not about them. It's about us. Um, that, that just sums Liverpool up for me right now. We are dictating the pace of the game. Um in that almost boring James Milner kind of way, we know how to slow the game down. Yep. And and Milner came out and said it last year. You know, we need we need to be better at at just killing the game off and knowing when to knowing when to hold them and when to fold them. And well, we don't fold them; we fold our positions. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it it's an incredible way to win when 
you don't have to get out of second gear. You don't have to sprint. You don't have to stress the little things. You know, it's 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 uh, it's unbelievable, really. It's unbearable, lads. It's unbearable. <laughs> unbearable. Yep. Um, well, I do think Liverpool right now are the absolute best team I've ever seen at keeping possession that last 15 minutes of a game, like holding on to that lead. I mean, it's been just insane, especially yeah. like the, the Sheffield United uh, at home. Mm-hmm. That was insane. That was, I think that was the game that they had over 900 passes or something. My girlfriend will say, you know, it's like uh, the way she puts it is, uh, oh, look, they're playing keep away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, I mean, you know, that, 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 that points, that you know, you think back because we're talking about this team is, is great. And, you know, you got to I mean, it's just it's still fresh in memory, the, the city century season. Right. Yeah. And and it, they, they they are they they were they're a little bit doing it less well now, but playing really beautiful football. But it was a very one dimensional kind of thing. So when it clicks, it clicks really well and it clicks across the season. That's what you get. But it was incredibly one-dimensional and one disruption. They were lucky to not have one of the serious ones. But you see what happens to them, Laporte's gone. Bam, the whole thing collapses on itself because yeah. it's a one-dimensional, you know, way to play. And the, the thing, I think, I think we keep talking about Liverpool winning in second gear. I don't think Liverpool is winning in second gear. I think just Liverpool, what it does is that it adjusts itself to whatever opponent is playing against it, whatever system is attempted against it, and simply, you know, in the game. This is one of the reasons also that it feels like the first half is always sort of the Roma period for Liverpool. Because what it does, it, to me it feels, is that the team is spending the first half kind of learning what the opposition is trying to do in this one game, in this very specific game. And then in the second half, it says, okay, well, we figured it out. Right, you know, this is how this is how we're going to make the machine work in 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 the second half, and goes and steamrolls. You know, I mean that that's what he does. It does it game after game after game, and and in in many ways, to me, that is the the real representation of this mentality of we play each game as an in, independent thing, in an event on its on unto itself. I think that is what it is really conveying, is the sense that. That this team has this weird intelligence. It's almost like like a, like an artificial intelligence of sorts, like a computer that is sitting there. It's absorbing what is happening in the first half, and then goes out in the second. Um, and after identifying all these weaknesses, and exploits. Absolutely, we we just adapt, adjust, and overcome. That, that seems to be. And, you know, obviously, there's a lot that goes behind the scenes. There's sports scientists and a lot of really uh, high-tech analysts, um, like MIT stuff, you know, that, that's being employed by Liverpool Football Club right now. Um, they're in touch with a French company, I believe, um, analyzing uh, all sorts of uh, permutations during the game. It, it, it's so high-tech, it, it, it goes beyond, it certainly goes beyond my understanding of uh, probability and you know all sorts of uh, natural laws and physics but um this is how in-depth this team are, are getting um, i read an article somewhere that uh said that liverpool right now have around a dozen employees dedicated strictly to analytics yeah you know wow. that, that that's a lot of people that their full-time job is analyzing you know this game and that's why they're able to make these signings like minamino and 
you know, like like people that are flying under the radar because they look so in depth into things. You know that they're they're so analytical, so into the stats and the personality beyond that. But uh, you know, I I know we're kind of on a roll here, talking ourselves up a bit. But you know, I don't want to forget about Southampton. Right. In the same uh, you know, in the same breath, because I was just lo- looking over some things, and Southampton have just as many wins as Man United. Huh. Not they each have nine lovely. wins. You know, and you know Southampton that you know that they've beaten, they drew with United. You know they've beaten Sheffield, who's a tough opponent. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, they've recently they beat Chelsea, they beat Tottenham, they've, they've beaten Villa, uh, Crystal Palace. Let's see, they beat Leicester even. You know, so I mean it's they beat some big teams. A, it's not a they're not going to be an easy team to break down and beat. And, you know, it's like, well, while it is, it is like, you know, I agree 100% with you, Barack, that it is up to us. It is up to Liverpool Football Club, you know, on whether or not they win or lose. But what no, you're saying, Chris, if I can hear you, is they're not going to be like West Ham and be just a defensive unit. Southampton yeah. offer an offensive threat, like you pointed out, with those teams that they've beaten. I mean, Leicester, Chelsea, Tottenham, United... They're no slouches, but um, you know it, it. Like like you alluded to, it does go back to what Barack said. And mm-hmm. if we choose to pump the brakes, we can do that. We can sit and absorb some pressure, and then hit you on the break. If we choose to go all out and and try and win four and five nil, I dare say we could. Um, it'll be interesting to see. And I, I, we can forget all about Southampton. I don't think anybody at Liverpool Football Club is. And, you know, just in case anybody at Liverpool Football Club is listening, I could probably save you a good 120 grand a year. Uh, You want to sack one of those analysts, uh, I'll do it for free. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. You just just give me the Anfield every weekend and I'm good. Yeah, just give me the gold. You're you're illustrating the value of that old cliche of you get what you pay for. (laughs) And in and, and plumbing, we have a saying too. You know, uh, skilled labor isn't cheap, and cheap labor isn't skilled. So, <laughs> right. But, you Absolutely. know, also Southampton are ahead of Arsenal in the in the tables, and they have three more wins than Arsenal right now. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I, while while granted, I'm I'm talking them up compared to some you know really bad traditionally good teams. It is a. It, it's still something to put into perspective. You know, they're ahead of Arsenal, Crystal Palace, Everton. You know, uh, so, some teams that, uh, that 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 generally will pose somewhat of a threat. So it's a. They're they're not to be taken lightly this year. You know, they're they're a top top ten team right now. Absolutely. And so it's a. I think it's going to be a very interesting game, and uh, definitely going to enjoy watching it. Yeah. Um, Especially since I'm, I won't be at work. I've, I've watched <laughs> the last two or three games from a rooftop, a rooftop of a high school gym that I'm uh, doing the plumbing for. Lovely. <laughs> well, actually, sounds quite enjoyable. You know, enjoying oh, the it, weather. It, it's not in West Texas in wintertime. <laughs> no. <laughs> it sounds picturesque. Let's just say that. <laughs> let us let us have our imagining, right? You know how lovely it is. Forget I, the reality of it. I've been a plumber before. It, it, that's a, if that's as uh, 
uh, admirable and respectable and enticing as it sounds, we're just leave it at that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do. <laughs> um, so we're we're reaching the R mark here, lads, and just wanted to mention a few more things before we we try and sign off here. Um, obviously, Mane is out injured. Uh, the update on that is he'll probably be back after the Southampton game um, with more than likely a Rigi out on the left. I'm okay with that. I'm pretty sure you guys are too. Yeah. Um, and one more thing I did want to... Actually, there's two more things I wanted to mention. I wanted to mention Harvey Elliott's overhead kick against oh Wolves. Oh, that's a quote. That Under was, 23. That kid is still 16, I believe. I think, I think is he 17 yet? No, not yet. Either way, what a overhead kick. It was a very hard angle, too. I mean, he put just the right amount of touch on that. It Absolutely. Was insane. It was a, a very acute angle. It reminded um, me of a Mane's header against Villa, the winner. Yeah, like a glancing header, only it was an overhead kick. <laughs> I know. I, it's not. It's uh, not fair to have him play on the youth team. No, not at all. And um, you know, it, it, it's incredible. The boy bun is the, a boy <laughs> wonder. Um, and the the last thing I, I wanted to to kind of touch on was uh, a quote from Ox, um, and he was asked and and talking about much what we've been talking about on this podcast about uh, complacency and about keeping grounded and with all these records that we're breaking. Um, so he was asked and he, he just kind of goes on his own little tangent and he said, it's, it's nice to think about these accolades and, uh, and, and uh, broken records, but um, teams that get to these accolades don't get, to that point by thinking about them they just get on with the business the the job at hand and um and forget about the accolades and the records and and letting things sort themselves out um and Klopp and and co behind the scenes have said you know the fans can sing whatever they want and i will i, I most certainly will we're gonna win the league we're gonna <laughs> win the league <laughs> And now, now you're gonna believe us, and now you're gonna believe us, and now you're gonna believe us. We're gonna win the league. <laughs> now, now, listeners, uh, you can, you know, complain about my singing all you want. Uh, <laughs> please <Don't> do. <laughs> please do. Um, but yeah, I just thought that quote from Ox um, kind of sums up the team mentality, uh, the togetherness, the not not getting complacent, not reading the newspapers, um, essentially staying away from us unbearable fans. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to give you guys the opportunity here just to, to say whatever you want. Um, you can lead us in another song if you want or, or just give your parting thoughts for, for, the, for the podcast there. Um, Chris, we'll go to you first. Putting you on the spot, oh. I know. <laughs> uh, I'm used to going second. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it's... I really don't like to say things ahead of time. I usually take the clop approach, but I'm sitting here looking at the table, and I look at the form, and it's just check mark, check mark, check mark for the last five games on. And, you know, it goes on for way longer than it shows. 
you know, we're, we are going to win the league. It's going to happen, you know. Uh, there's a good chance we could win, you know, we could do the double. And it's it's amazing. It's What a time to be a Liverpool fan. You know, yeah. it's, and what a time to be a Liverpool fan that's been one for more than 10 years. Correct. You know, that's, that's the thing. You know, a lot of people are jumping on now that don't know how to appreciate, you know, the things we've been through. You know, the, the Gerard slip, the... Yeah, the Hicks and Gillette, the, the Dark Roy Knight. Hodgson's, the yes. God, you oh, know. God, Roy Hodgson. But uh, you're absolutely yeah. right. It's um, and the treble has even been talked about. Never mind the double. I mean, we've already won two trophies, so I mean, <laughs> that's it, it, true. You know, if Pep calls the Community Shield a major trophy, anything we've won is a major trophy. Because he tried to say they won five last year with the Community Shield and all that, and but yeah. uh. The way, the way I look at it, you know, I don't care if it's just the league, the double, treble, quadruple, what the hell ever. You know, right now, won all, every, almost every trophy they could, which is insane, and I'm loving it. Yeah. So, Barack, uh, parting thoughts? Any, anything at all you wanted to add? Anything we've missed out or... Yeah, I, you know, Chris actually touched on this. Uh, uh, so here is another little thing that I admit to. When I'm thinking we're going to win the league, I'm not even thinking th- thinking about the Premier League anymore because that's one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I shouldn't be saying that. I'm actually talking about the Champions League. I think we're getting both of them because, you know, forget the Premier League. Which of the teams in the last 16 in the Champions League can beat us now? Well, a, a lot point, of Atletico Madrid of fans would uh, would beg to differ with you. They they seem yeah. to think that Diego Simeone is the the best manager in the world. Yeah, I think I think that uh, I think that that is going to be um, um, resolved resoundingly in in our favor. I'll tell you I'll tell you this. You've seen you've seen that I have a tendency to order myself celebratory Liverpool shirts. I just did one with the the international treble on the back. It says uh, uh, USC, CWC. It's and, a beautiful and, looking right, shirt. And, and then 19, right? You know, I think for, for 20, the one I'm going to order myself at the end of this season is going to say simply unbearable 20. <laughs> or how about perch one? <laughs> oh, all right. That could work too. It's nice <laughs> to get back on that one. Again, I lived through every one of those 27 Fergie years. <laughs> when I get a... A Liverpool shirt with the Liverbird climbing back up on its perch. There you go. Mm, and there you go. Well, lads, shitting uh, on Ollie's windshield. <laughs> he doesn't need any help crashing that bus. <laughs> <laughs> well, lads, with that beautiful imagery set in stone, <laughs> um, we're gonna we're gonna love yous and leave yous here um, with American Scouser. Um, and that's pretty much all we've got for you this week. Um, obviously, we've got lots of great contributors and, and bloggers um, like Barack himself here. And we've got the five points post-match. We've got uh, Barack's corner taken quickly. We've got my LFC story, which is a lovely little column. If uh, any of you listeners or or new listeners, or if you have a, a friend who hasn't really listened to us yet, get them involved write a little piece, come and join our group here at American Scouser. We'd love to have you. Um, we've also got a, a great uh, writer, Paul Bickler, who is actually from my neck of the woods here in North Carolina. We've had the chance to meet up and watch a game together 
uh, totally by chance. He, he joined American Scouser and we both found out we lived in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. So he, he uh, he's joined our, our little supporters group and, and he, he writes a great piece on all our loanies um, doing their work uh, across across the water and across other leagues um, for Liverpool. So that's a, a lot of a lot of homework there for you to read up on and, and get in touch with us and give us your feedback. And as always, like, share, subscribe and um, yeah, join us for a discussion on uh, LFC America, uh, Facebook or on AmericanScouser.com. And lads, it has been an absolute pleasure. We've run a wee bit long, but that's all right. I'm sure sure um, everybody enjoy our, uh, our hijinks and our shenanigans today. Um, and enjoy the rest of your week and look forward to watching Liverpool at the weekend. Yep. All right. See you guys next time. Absolutely. Chris, great to have you. Barack, always, always a pleasure. Keep up the good work and uh, stay unbearable, Reds. Indeed. Woo! We're going to win the league. <laughs> yes. <laughs>